Leviticus chapter 23. I just want to read verses 1 through 7 as an opening text today. I think you'll see why here momentarily. Leviticus 23, beginning at verse 1. Yahweh spoke to Moses, speak to the Israelites and tell them, These are my appointed times, the times of Yahweh that you will proclaim as sacred assemblies. For six days work may be done, but on the seventh day there must be a Sabbath of complete rest, a sacred assembly. You are not to do any work. It is a Sabbath to Yahweh wherever you live. These are Yahweh's appointed times, the sacred assemblies you are to proclaim at their appointed times. The Passover to Yahweh comes in the first month between the evenings on the 14th day of the month. The festival of unleavened bread to Yahweh is on the 15th day of the same month. For seven days you must eat unleavened bread. On the first day you are to hold a sacred assembly. You are not to do any daily work. Verse 8, you are to present a fire offering to Yahweh for seven days. On the seventh day there will be a sacred assembly. You must not do any daily work. May Yahweh bless His Word to our hearts today. It's good to be in the house of Yahweh. Blessed new moon to everybody here today. Uh, According to Brother Matthew's understanding, today is the 13th new moon of the year, which means that we are again nearing the Passover season. Passover is my absolute most favorite day of the whole year. It is a holy time. It is a time to approach with reverence and with joy. And I believe that it is my responsibility as a teacher of Holy Scripture to remind you of this and to get you meditating about it once again. So I know we've been talking about the Ten Commandments and we will get back to the Ten Commandments after Passover. But I feel like it's my responsibility to stir up your minds by way of reminder of a very important season in Yahweh's year that being the season of the Passover. We observe Passover first and foremost for a simple reason. That is this. Yahweh has told us to. We are not even required to understand everything about Passover all at one time. I believe that we'll come to an understanding more and more to greater levels as we grow in both grace and in knowledge, as Peter wrote. But you can observe it without understanding everything. Obey first and understand later. Yahweh doesn't require you to understand something before you obey it. He just requires you to obey it and then you get understanding. Psalm 111 verse 10 says this, The fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do His commandments. So my very first Passover was back in the springtime of 1998. I married Tisha in January of that year. And I started keeping the feast that same year. And I was so excited about keeping the feast, even though I didn't know what I was doing. Sure, I could read Exodus chapter 12, just like everybody else. But I was a novice. I was a newcomer. I was a new convert in regards to the feast days. And I mostly just stood there and watched. I can't really remember much about that Passover in 98. It's fuzzy. It's vague. I just know that I was there. And I was trying to do the best that I knew how to do. And did you know that Yahweh does see your heart when you are trying to do the best that you know how to do? 
Now, He expects you to study and to gain further wisdom. Yahweh does not expect you to be at the same level that you're at now, five years from now. He expects you to graduate as time progresses. But He always loves a heart that does what He or she knows to do at any given time. The reason we know this is not because Brother Matthew made it up last night, but we know this because of 2 Chronicles chapter 30, because of Hezekiah's Passover, where many Israelites observed the Passover contrary to what was written in the law. It was a time of restoration. It was a time of renewal because Passover had been lost to some extent up to that point. But the people in Hezekiah's day, they did what they knew to do. And they did it with a repentant heart. And they did it with a humble attitude. They didn't go busting up in there and acting like they had everything all together. They knew they didn't have it all together. And the king, Hezekiah, in the midst of the Passover, he prayed for the good Yahweh. That's what the text says. Hezekiah said, may the good Yahweh pardon everyone who hath set his heart to observe the Passover, even though we don't have all the T's crossed and all the I's dotted. And Holy Scripture says that Yahweh listened to the prayer of the king and he healed all of the people. Now this account is in 2 Chronicles 30. And this account is not to be used as an excuse for the lazy, but as hope for the humble. If you are lazy and you do not study, and you do not take Yahweh's feast to heart, this promise is not for you. It is for those who study and seek Yahweh with a whole heart. And yet still in doing that, they know that there is more to know. It is for those who are repentant and who tremble at Yahweh's Word. Yahweh does see humble hearts. And Yahweh will never turn away a broken heart and a contrite spirit. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 66, verse 2, we read Yahweh saying this, I will look favorably on this kind of person, one who is humble, submissive in spirit, and who trembles... At my word. Do you tremble at his word? Do you approach Yahweh as a great king? Is your spirit ready to submit to his ordinances and to his decrees? This walk that we walk is not about pride, it is not about arrogance, it is not about thinking that you have everything figured out. This walk is about humility and knowing that you do not have everything figured out. And it is also about walking in what you know to do at this present time. If you do not walk in what you know to do, if you are not fervent in obeying all that you realize that you need to obey, what makes you think that Yahweh will reward you with more understanding? I think this is why people get in a rut and just exist rather than thrive for the Father. You know, if I hire you to do a small task for me and you don't get it done or you do it sloppily or you don't get it done in the time frame that I need it done, why would I entrust you a bigger task? I wouldn't. Why would I give someone who can't take out the trash on time or sweep the floor properly, why would I give that person the keys to lock the cash register and the door of the building at night? 
In Luke 16, verses 10 through 12, Yeshua the Messiah said this, Whoever is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And whoever is unrighteous in very little is also unrighteous in much. So if you have not been faithful with the unrighteous money, who will trust you with what is genuine? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to someone else, who will give you what is your own? So I say to you today as a teacher and as a shepherd, be faithful in what you know to do. Just be faithful in what you know. Do not approach Yahweh's holy days casually. Be involved. Be on time. Do what you know to do. And if you've been doing what you know to do and want to learn more, study Exodus chapter 12. Or come talk to me. And come talk to me, I should say, about how you can be more involved. Every one of us, if we were having to go visit the Queen of England or the President of the United States, we would take extra measure to look Nice and be on time. And I don't know about you guys, but I would be early. I tell everybody early is on time. On time is late and late is unacceptable. (laughs) How much more the king of the universe? How much more the king of the universe? I remember when I was in high school, there were some students who would show up to class after the bell rang. Sometimes five, sometimes ten minutes after the bell rang. They would show up and... Their hair would be messed up and their book bag would be a mess and their shoes would be untied and they would look like they slept in their clothes. And I had one teacher who would always call them out. Mr. Smith, Mr. Jansen, glad you could join us today. (laughs) We'd always get called out if we showed up to class late and not ready. The teacher would always bear with the student, but do you think that the teacher appreciated the manner in which the student came into the classroom? No. He did not, or she did not. Not at all. And the student would usually get reprimanded in some way. You'd have to stay late, go to detention, write sentences, so forth and so on. And then we would get upset, but we were the ones that put ourselves in that position. Can I get an amen? Amen. Brothers and sisters... The one that we serve is not a history teacher. He's not a biology teacher. He's the king of the universe. He's a great king. He doesn't want second class. He doesn't want second best. This is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He makes the birds chirp and the grass grow. He spoke into the darkness and said, let there be light. And there was light. They didn't talk back and say, I don't want to be light. He said, let there be light. And it happened. And if we as a high school student should respect a teacher and a class, how much more should we respect the one that gives us breath and the one that gives us life? Yahweh is so good to us. He's so good to us. I said recently in a sermon about the Sabbath day that Yahweh gives us six days to work. And He asks for one day to devote entirely to rest and meditation upon Him and His his Word. Is that too much to ask? One day out of seven? He could have just given us one day. One day shalt thou work and give me six. But He didn't say that. He said, you take six and I want one. I remember an old preacher used to say when I was growing up that the Lord said, you get 90% and I just want 10%. He said, what if it was flipped? And He said, I want you to keep 10 and give me 90. Nobody would give Him 90. And the reason I know is because a lot of people 
Very few people, or I should say a lot of people, have a hard time giving Him 10% and keeping 90. But He didn't ask for 90. What if it was flipped? Yahweh has given you life. Yahweh has given you physical birth. Yahweh has given you spiritual birth. You didn't have anything to do with either one of those births. He caused you to be born in the, in the flesh and He caused you to be conceived and born and birthed in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Yahweh's blessed all of you abundantly. Paul wrote to young Timothy one time in one of those epistles, First and Second Timothy, he said, if we have food and we have clothing, we're supposed to be content therewith. Brothers and sisters, everybody in here has got a lot more than food and clothing. We've got an abundance of food and abundance of clothing. Some of you sisters got an outfit to wear every day of the month, right? Yeah. Some of you brothers got an outfit to wear every day of the month. Hello? Some of us got more shoes than we could wear in a whole month. And more food than we could ever imagine. We could eat anything we want to every night of the week. We're blessed and we're blessed abundantly. Y'all got quiet on all that. I said we're blessed and we're blessed abundantly. And we take for granted those things that Yahweh has given us because they become common to us. We take for granted something like a hot shower or a hot dinner or a loving spouse or good children or good friends. We take these things for granted. Yahweh's blessed us abundantly. The point is, my point is here, is that we have way more than we need. I think it's good for us to evaluate every now and then, at least one time a year, probably more, everything that we have and give away some of it. John the Baptizer said in Luke chapter 3, verse 11, the one who has two shirts must share with someone who has none. And the one who has food must do the same. I have a lot more than two shirts. I've shared, I've shared with other people. I have. I've given away stuff, but not enough. We have a surplus. There's people that need things that are hurting, that are in bad situations. We ought to give some of our stuff away. I'm just saying that Yahweh has blessed us all more than we deserve. So we should be sitting on go to keep Yahweh's commandments. We should be eager. We should be on the edge of our seat saying, Yahweh, what can I do for you because you've done so much for me? Everyone wants to talk about how God loves us. You see it on the billboard. God loves you. Nobody wants to talk about how we're supposed to love Him back. Keeping His commandments. Some of His commandments are the feasts. The Passover is coming up. I think that we need to... Don't take me wrong. I think we need to stop talking so much now about how God loves us because that's been talked about enough, and we need to talk about how we're supposed to love Him Amen. and obey Him. We should be eager to observe His holy days. When His feast days come around, everything else should be put on hold. It's like when you get an important business call. If the person is important enough and the call is important enough, whoever you're talking to or whatever you're doing at that time, you say, hold on a second, got to take this call. It's important. I've got to handle this situation. How important is Yahweh's call? He's calling. Obey me. Keep my feast. Reverence my Sabbaths. Do the things that are pleasing in my sight. We should be willing and ready to say to the world, excuse me, Yahweh is calling. It's feast time. I'll be busy with Him for a while. He's he's done so much for me. It's time that I'm going to do so much for Him. 
I'm going to do what I know to do. I'm going to do what's required of me for Him. So see, I am called to remind you all of this every year. I am, it's my job to proclaim the feast days of Yahweh every time they come around. To stir up your mind by way of reminder. It is part of my job as a pastor. And in saying all of this, let me remind you of this. If you have put Yahweh on the back burner, you can repent. Yahweh is so gracious to us. He's so gracious. I've taken up that opportunity that Yahweh gives me to repent so many times. So many times. There's been times I've been riding down the road and I've realized I've not been serving Yahweh like I ought. Or I've not been obeying Yahweh in this area like I ought. And I've stopped and I've repented. And you know what? Yahweh will forgive you. We confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we can can take Yahweh from off of the back burner. We can put Him up in the forefront where He belongs. Where He belongs. And we can do for Him because He's done for us. You can say to Yahweh today, I'm sorry, Father. Please forgive me for not taking You and Your commandments serious enough. I want to do better. Help me to do better. And Yahweh will look at your humble heart and your willing spirit. And He will be very pleased with that. To this person does Yahweh look. To the humble. To the submissive. To those who tremble at my word. Yahweh will look at that humble heart and that willing spirit. and He'll open His big old arms. And He'll say, come on in my child. I've been waiting on you to to wise up. I've been waiting on you to come back to me. I hadn't spent a lot of time with you lately. You had, you've really neglected me. Any, anybody ever felt neglected by maybe their spouse? I have. If Tisha was here, she'd tell you, yeah, I have. <laughs> we all feel neglected from time to time. Anybody ever had a child come to you and say, Dad or Mom, I feel neglected. I haven't been spent a lot of time with. And they pour their heart out to you. And you realize you've been so busy doing other things that you hadn't spent time with that child? Am I the only one? I've neglected my children before. I've neglected my wife before. And I've had to repent of that. And I've had to put them at the forefront. Well, that's how Yahweh feels. How you feel when you're neglected by someone that you love, that's how Yahweh feels when you neglect Him. And He's opening His arms and He says, Come home. I want to spend time with you. I need you to talk to me. You haven't been praying. You haven't been reading my word. You haven't been obeying me like you know that you should. Come on. If you kick against the fence, you'll stay where you're at. But if you say, Yahweh, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I repent. He says, come on, I'll give you a big, big, big hug. I believe Yahweh gives the best hugs. The most loving hugs. Yeshua told us a parable in Matthew 21 about two sons. And their father asked them... He asked the first son, he said, I want you to go work in my vineyard. And that son said, I don't want to go, Dad. But later on, he changed his mind and he went to work. The father asked the second son, he said, I want you to go work in my vineyard. And that second son said, I'll go work. But he never went. And Yeshua said, which one did the will of his father? And they answered correctly. They said, the first son. 
The son that said, I don't want to go, Dad. But later he changed his mind. And he went to work. So if you've been kicking against the work, you can change your mind. I said you can change your mind. And you can go to work. Yahweh will forgive you. You can work for Him. He'll forgive you for saying no, whether with your mouth or with your actions. So, saints, it's time to submit to Yahweh. We might submit in different ways because we're at different stages or levels. I like to say we're all in the same school, maybe not necessarily in the same grade. A lot of times I feel like Yahweh bucks me back to kindergarten to relearn some things. But it's true. It's true. We are. Different stages or levels, and that's okay. Yahweh is not demanding the same thing from a novice as He does an expert. Where much is given, much is required. Where less is given, less is required. James 3.1 says, Let not many of you be teachers, knowing that you will incur a stricter judgment. So Yahweh is not requiring the same thing out of a novice as He is an expert. Yahweh is not requiring someone who's keeping Passover for the first time this year. He's not requiring the same level of obedience as someone who's been keeping Passover for 20 years, 20 plus years like myself. But regardless, first year, 20th year, 40th year, 100th year, regardless, it's time to submit. No matter what level that you're at, stop worrying about everything else. Stop worrying about what people will think or say about you because of how you obey Yahweh. Because they're going to talk. They're going to talk about you. They're going to say things. And it's just because they don't understand. They don't understand. They, maybe, maybe they haven't been born of the Spirit. Or maybe they've been taught false doctrine. Maybe they've been taught that the feasts have been done away with. Maybe they've been taught that we don't need to keep Passover anymore. They just don't understand. People will ridicule you, but it's okay. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and say things falsely against you for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. So people are going to talk, but you've got to quit worrying about that. Uh, I did a video recently on my YouTube channel where I was talking about keeping the Sabbath and people saying, how do you keep the Sabbath, Brother Matthew, the way that you do because it seems like your schedule is so off kilter with everybody else's. And my answer to that is this. Why should I be worried about being on everybody else's schedule? Do I go to pray to Yahweh and say, Yahweh, I want to do things the way everybody else does? That's not service to Yahweh. I'm honestly, I'm at the point where I'm not worried. I don't, I don't care about not being on everybody's schedule. That's right. I, I'm not worried about that. I'm not. I'm called to be set apart. I'm called to be holy to Yahweh. I'm called to be peculiar. In many definitions of the word. I don't say that in a bragging way. Yahweh's, everything that I am, I am by the grace of Yahweh. Amen. But I'm called to be different. So I don't read this scripture trying to find out a way where I can fit in better with the culture. That's not my desire. Sometimes Yahweh's word allows me to fit in with the culture. Other times it doesn't. I don't pay attention. They don't, the culture or the world or society does not regulate or decide the way that I'm going to live. That's right. So when Passover rolls around, or the Master's Supper rolls around, or the Feast of Unleavened Bread, or Pentecost, or the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Sabbath, or the New Moon, 
I obey. Because it's Yahweh's Word. Somebody says, who has church on a Thursday? Who has church on a Tuesday? We don't go by Tuesday and Thursday around here. That's not on Yahweh's schedule. Now when I'm talking with a person about a job, I don't tell them I'm going to be there on the third day of the moon because they look at me like I'm a nut. They don't know what I'm talking about. Tell them I'll be there on a Gregorian day. That's fine. That's, that's commercial things. That's, that's common things. But when it comes to my service to Yahweh, I'm not worried about Tuesday or Thursday. I'm not worried about anything else. When Passover rolls around, I tell my, my sons, Passover's coming. Daddy needs your help. Bless Yahweh, they always say, yes, sir, no problem. Got good sons, good boys. Talking about serving Yahweh. We, we, we can't worry about fitting in. I know sometimes you feel odd. I feel like the oddball out sometimes. I know sometimes you know that you feel like uh, you don't fit in with, with anybody and and if you're not careful, you can let peer pressure or pressure from outside, you can let it lead you and guide you in a certain direction. You have to be careful. But we're supposed to pray to Yahweh and say, I'm yours. Take me, shape me, nudge me, fill me up with the fullness. Ephesians 3 says that we might be filled with all the fullness of the Almighty. Brother TJ preached on that a while back. So it's time to serve Yahweh. It's time to commit to prayer. At least one time a day. Two times is good. Daniel prayed three times a day when he was in a foreign land. It's time to commit to prayer. It's time to commit to Bible reading, Bible studying. It's time to commit to fasting. Say, oh, Brother Matthew, you had me till you said fasting. <laughs> I like what Brother Arnold says. He says when somebody mentions fasting, he starts getting hungry. Just talking about it. <laughs> I do too. You know why? Because it's denying of the flesh. But we should be fasting. Yeshua said, when ye fast, not if ye fast, in Matthew 6. But we should do it extra around these special seasons. You know, 1 Corinthians 7, I preached on about the husband and the wife. 1 Corinthians 7 says that sometimes the husband and the wife, they spend some time apart. Talking about intimacy, they spend some time apart for a season. Now we read that, if we don't have knowledge of the Old Testament, we read that and we think it's just a season they make up. But I think Paul's probably talking about these seasons in Leviticus 23, these special times. And we do it to submit to prayer and to fasting, to draw closer to Yahweh. You say, Brother Matthew, we can draw closer to Yahweh all throughout the year. Yes, that is true, but Yahweh gives us appointed times to help us to draw closer to Him. That's what the Sabbath is all about. That's like somebody saying, well, you can keep every day holy. There's no day different than the other. That's not true. Yahweh blessed one day in Genesis chapter 2. The seventh day He blessed. He didn't bless the others. He worked on the others. The seventh one He rested on. Amen. So it's time, brothers and sisters. Passover is coming. It's time to purify. It's time to sanctify. Not that you can't do this at other times, but Yahweh gives us special seasons to renew our relationship and our commitment to Him. So commit, don't hesitate, don't delay. The psalmist David said in Psalm 119, I hurried, not hesitating to keep your commandments. And I think he said that because I've experienced it. If you hesitate, you'll talk yourself out of it. You will. If you don't want to keep a commandment, you will find an excuse to not do it. You will. 
whether it's in a commentary or encyclopedia or some preacher, you'll find an excuse to not obey a commandment. Let me tell you something. I've said this before and it bears repeating. If you're reading the Bible, and you should be, and you come across a, across a commandment, if you have the ability to be obedient to the commandment that you read, then you need to obey it. There's no reason why you shouldn't obey it. I understand they're not all for everybody. If you come across one you have the ability to obey, don't talk yourself out of it. If you want an excuse, you'll find one. You'll come up with one. It's time to commit. Commit today. Today is the day of salvation. You say, Brother Matthew, you're talking about obedience and you're using the word salvation. Let me tell you something. In Luke chapter 19, there was this man named Zacchaeus. And he was a tax collector and he was a thief. And Yeshua, he climbed a sycamore tree to see Yeshua because he was short. And we don't really know whether that was talking about Yeshua being short or Zacchaeus being short. The text could go either way. It could. It's ambiguous in the Greek. But regardless, Yeshua looked up in the sycamore tree and He said, Come down for I'm going to your house today. And everybody thought, He's going to that man's house? The tax collector? The publican? And He went to his house. And there was a conversation. And at the end of the conversation, Zacchaeus said, Behold, Lord, I give all of my goods to the poor. And if I have defrauded or taken from any man, I pay back as much as four times. I will obey. And what did Yeshua say? The way some preachers preach, you think that Yeshua said, oh, you legalist, you've got it all wrong. No, He didn't say that. He looked at Him when He said, I'm going to obey. And you know what He said? He said, today salvation has come to your house. You know why He said that? It's because anybody that has salvation produces works of the Spirit instead of works of the flesh. You cannot have salvation. You cannot have the forgiveness of sins and not produce good works which is obedience to the commandments. So today is the day of salvation. Commit today. Listen. You say, Brother Matthew, this was kind of a hard hard sermon. Well, sometimes we need hard sermons, okay? Sometimes we need words of rebuke. Paul wrote to Timothy, all Scripture is given by inspiration of Elohim, is profitable for doctrine, correction, reproof, rebuke, training in righteousness, okay? All right? I still love everybody. Hopefully you still love me, okay? But commit today to doing what you know to do. Do what you know to do. Do it with fervency. Do it with all your might. Serve Yahweh with all your might. You may not know everything. That's fine. That's fine. Do what you know to do. And then ask for at least one more piece of the puzzle. And I promise you, I make this promise as as I close. If you are faithful in what you know to do, no matter how small it is or how small it may seem to you, because sometimes the things we we look at as small are big to Yahweh. No matter how small it is, if you're faithful in the least, I promise you this, Yahweh will put you in charge of something greater and something bigger. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. Let us pray. Yahweh, Father, Your Word says it all. Help us to obey it. Forgive us for where we've fallen so short. Forgive us of our iniquities, Yahweh. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Help us be better servants to Your kingdom. Help us to love You with the same fervency and care that You have loved us.
I pray all these things through your holy child, Yeshua the Messiah. So let it be done. Amen.